Do you believe the border wall works? No. Okay. Okay. Further questions. That takes care of that. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Vetrano. Can I just say, MEC, we got the Today Show on in here, and Al Roker's got his frost advisory Uh-oh, map up, here right? here we go. It's just something about, I hope we do, the media. I hope we're not part of this. We try not to be, but like... Something about just trying to crank up people's anxiety over everything. His big thing, 10 million people will be impacted by frost this weekend. <laughs> frost advisory. Yeah, maybe. maybe. <laughs> but the not frost here. frost is coming down. Not here, though. Not in Wisconsin. It's right. over. No. It's further west. Just meant to just, 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 just like to turn that dial and just crank up the anxiety a the little hot bit. Hot colors. Yes. You want to get into the border wall thing a little bit with President Biden? So you have the Department of Homeland Security and the mixed messaging here from the administration. There will not be another foot of wall constructed on my administration. Okay, that's been widely played over the last 24 hours. Then candidate Biden in 2020 pledging not another foot of border wall to be built under his administration. This week, we're learning the Department of Homeland Security will be building an additional 20 miles or so of wall in Star County, Texas, as migrants continue to surge over the border with Mexico. How many CNN reporting last month alone, 200,000 migrants were apprehended by Border Patrol agents last month. Those are the ones they caught. That's like two Green Bays in a month, right? What's Green Mm -hmm. Bay population? 100,000, a little more? Close, around there. Two Green Bays in a month just pouring over, right? So this is happening. You've seen the video. Even the networks are continuing to show it at this point. It's going on. So given the apparent reversal in policy here now, President Biden in the White House, press gaggle in there for, I don't know what the other photo op was, but it wasn't about that. But there's a whole bunch of media in there. Uh, in the I think they were in the Oval or just adjacent to it. And the president's there in a chair and reporters start barking out questions when the event is over, right? And uh, so you'll hear that and then we'll play the president's full statement here. I'll answer one question on the border wall. The border wall, the money was appropriated for the border wall. I tried to get them to reappropriate, to redirect that money. They didn't. They wouldn't. And in the meantime, there's nothing under the law other than they have to use the money for what was appropriate. I can't stop that. Do you believe the border wall works? No. Okay. Okay. Further questions. That takes care of that. Where do you want to start poking holes in that? Like, first as to whether the wall is needed. The president says it doesn't work. But his Homeland Security Secretary, Alejandro Mayorkas, in the official filing states this, there is presently an acute and immediate need to construct physical barriers and roads in the vicinity of the border of the United States in order to prevent unlawful entries into the United States in the project area. So does it work or doesn't it? Your guy says there's a need for it. Why is there a need for something that doesn't work? So that gets blown up. As to whether the money is previously appropriated and the argument that he didn't have a choice, I mean, the president on his first day in office signed a proclamation saying he wouldn't, quote, waste any more taxpayer dollars on building the southern border wall. So if you could cancel it then, why can't you cancel it now? Yeah, the money's been appropriated. Just don't spend it. And again, without regard for whether or not you think the wall is a good idea or not, like you're caught here in this weird tr- sort of ex- explanation of a dancing on both sides. Like, what are you doing, man? See, in that the, the political divisiveness that always comes back into play, nev- no, nothing is ever black and white. There are always a million shades of gray, and now he's caught in it. And then, you know... 
I'm connecting this dot. Just this week, the president announced another $9 billion in student loan cancellations. If he can spend money not appropriated by Congress, despite a recent Supreme Court ruling saying you can't do that, actually, why can't you cancel money that's been previously appropriated? Like, you're kind of doing what you want. Then do what you want. The thing is, I think he wants the wall. He just doesn't want to own it. 715 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Sports is sponsored by Holiday Automotive at Highway 23 in Fond du Lac. Holiday Automotive, it's worth the trip. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. The Green Bay Packers are just a few days away from their clash with the Raiders on Monday night out there in Las Vegas. The Pack getting healthy following a few extra days off. Jerry Alexander, Elton Jenkins, Luke Musgrave, and Eric Stokes all returning to practice on Thursday. That's the good news for the team. The bad, though, former All-Pro Devondre Campbell, that middle linebacker in the middle of that defense, he had not practiced as he rehabs his high ankle sprain he suffered in Week 3. Could the Packers maybe get their signal caller following their upcoming Week 6 bye week? Yeah, I mean, we'd, we'd love that. Um, we'll kind of see where he's where he's at. He's moving around a lot better, though. So we'll just, you know, take it one day at a time like we always do. Would you love that? <laughs> Man, he's so matter-of-fact sometimes. Yeah, yeah, we'd love that. He's a little snippy lately in, yeah. his, uh, in his presser. So yeah. hopefully a win can, can change that. The Pack not only getting healthy, during those couple of extra days off, quarterback Jordan Love on how Matt LaFleur has challenged the team on the field as well. I think Matt challenged us, you know, after last game, um, you know, going through the break, just, you know, continue to watch uh, the past couple games and challenge everybody to think of one thing that, you know, we're going to work on going forward and um, just put kind of our focus into that going forward. So, uh, you know, going to the bye, you know, we'll have just things we're thinking about um, when we're out there at practice, going to the game, just focusing on things we can get better at. The Milwaukee Bucks will tip off their preseason this weekend as all eyes will be on the team following the acquisition of Damian Lillard last week. The seven-time All-Star speaking post-practice this week on what has stood out to him the most on building his chemistry on the court with the Greek Freak. I think it's been kind of interesting to come here and have somebody saying, you know, you just tell me what you need me to do and I'll do it. I want you to be damned. And I'm thinking the same thing for him. So I think for that reason, it'll, you know, it'll come together pretty quickly. You know, I think in our games just naturally – the way he plays, the way that I play, it goes together. You know, we can really benefit from each other being on the floor. Milwaukee did hold practice on Thursday. Head coach Adrian Griffin told reporters that everyone participated in the workouts. The lone exception, though, was Chris Middleton. He did mention, the head coach did, uh, that an individual workout was done as he rehabs following the offseason knee surgery. The Bucks will begin their preseason play on Sunday against the Chicago Bulls at noon. You can tune into coverage right here on WTMJ at 11.30. And lastly, according to ESPN, New York Mets general manager Billy Epler resigning on Thursday. This all amid allegations of improperly using the injured list. Coming up, questions asked, questions answered on the Brewers Stadium funding proposal. That story next. Seven twenty-three, Wisconsin's morning news at a big public hearing on the stadium funding proposal. Big and long funding <laughs> hearing, Ooh. and in Milwaukee, right? They took yep. the show on the road. State Fair Park, Amfam Field funding was the topic of this hearing. Republican State Representative Bob Brooks answered many questions about his six hundred and fourteen million dollar plan that would cover stadium improvements and keep the Brewers here for the long term. He stressed that the package creates no new taxes. 
Instead, it uses income taxes on players' salaries as a funding stream for most of the state. The state's contribution is all derived from income taxes that we keep if the brewers stay. The brewers leave, that money all goes away. So I will tell you that every taxpayer across the state, whether you're in Milwaukee, the city, the county, benefits from the state gaining $250 million in income taxes that we clearly lose if the brewers leave. Okay. So that's where every community benefits. So that's why he thinks the northern parts of Wisconsin shouldn't be concerned about this because the income tax money which was coming in would be used, or at least that would be the state's portion right. of funding AmFam Field. However, I like how Brooks frames it, though, because it's not an an either-or, and this whole conversation about, well, we should have a jock tax. and This isn't a new funding source. He's just saying this money is already there. It's a matter of we put it over here in this pocket and dedicate it specifically for this project. Or we don't have it at all. Right. Or we don't. Which is basically the point. Now, Milwaukee and Milwaukee County would be asked to kick in some money. Brooks argued with State Representative Hong about this, about not having the brewers here would be just as costly. They leave, we don't get the sales tax, we can't meet the burdens. But if they stay on the flip side, we get a new burden that makes it harder for us to pay all our other bills and all our, provide all our other services if we don't have additional funding. So, But the I, brewers I, are not staying. Let's be clear. They have a lease through 2030. They will not stay unless we come up with a new lease. The brewers will not stay unless we fully fund anticipated repairs that are needed at the stadium. So we can't say... That is a threat we have. It's, it's not a threat. No, no team is going to stay without a contract. Yeah, and his point there is that if you don't have a lease, the team's not going to be here. Let's yeah. stop wondering what, yeah. what will happen and, it's not, and just be honest about what will happen. You could argue a threat all you want, but if there is no lease agreed to, the team will find a different place to play. They would have to. Uh, moving on, what would you like to hear? Would you like to hear from some of the uh, city residents or people that showed up, or would you like to hear from other state representatives? Uh, let's hear from the people. Let us hear, from, hear the from the people. All right. Bob the fan, he's from Milwaukee area, fan of the crew, wonders if the money is being allocated correctly. This money can go for so much more. You're in Milwaukee now, especially everybody from Kenosha, Racine, wherever you're from. I'd like to take you on a little tour. First place I hit is North Division High School. We take a little tour through that. Then I go to the domes, then I go to the safety building, then I go to the courthouse, see that falling down, and then I'll go to the zoo where they need a new hippo cage or something. You know, this money can go for so much more. We do need the brewers here, but make them pay their fair share. Yeah, he was saying, how about amping up the rent, making the, the brewers pay more for their rent monthly? Okay. Maybe that's open to negotiation, but his point about all these other things that we need, we do have those needs. But they don't go away if the money's not allocated here. And what's more, you know, we talk all the time about what it takes to be a big league city. And I mean that outside of sports. We spend so much time and energy focused on a weekend convention here or the RNC there or whatever. You have 81 dates plus every year at American Family Field that are all of that built in. So, like... That are generating revenue, that are doing these things the to help sustain those projects. Be, the winter rising would right. would allow for more that would be done. Or otherwise, gone. This woman also speaking. We demand funds from the entire state of Wisconsin, not just Milwaukee and Milwaukee County. It's an insult and it's degrading to think that the 58% people of color in this city are supposed to pay $200 million to a stadium 
that we don't even go to. So there is a question about whether or not there might be an amendment to cut down on the amount of money, and it looks like that's going to happen. The city and county portion. Mm -hmm. So that will be lowered to what it is right now. That amendment is expected later, says State Representative Brooks. I did want to mention this quickly. So I was telling you about how I was at that event last night, that St. Francis Children's Center event at the Fister. Just a remarkable event, uh, honoring some folks for a great a great facility, St. Francis Children's Center. And one of those who was on it, I got to sit at her table, was Cecilia Gore, who is with the Brewers Community Foundation. You'd recognize her face if you saw her on TV. She's been on the radio with us before. They do a, the Brewers Foundation, they do some remarkable stuff. And I remember reading... And how remarkable is it, Eric? I was reading the intro for her last night, so I got to read the little thing up there, and it said that since 2010, the Brewers Foundation, under her leadership, has raised more than 55 million dollars for area nonprofits, for disadvantaged youth groups, different things in and around Milwaukee. 55 million. So if you don't think of the actual sales into, you know, the the economic boost or whatnot, think about that for a second. 55 million dollars in a little bit more than 10 years that's been given to the area from the Brewers Foundation that would also disappear. Right, they and, were to go. and some of that, in fairness, is coming from fans via the 50-50 sure. raffle. Absolutely. But some of it also is coming from the players who are a asked. Lot come from the players, Every player yep. is met in spring training by Cecilia and her team and said, what can you do? Yeah. Right, so they're paying and how in. How can we help Ownership you get there, is paying yes. in. Right, exactly. And that evaporates if you don't have that fundraising engine and distributor here. 729 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Siding Unlimited, WTMJ News Time, 738. Brewers President of Business Operations, Rick Schlesinger, our guest on Brewers 360, coming your way at 745. A new warning from the Federal Trade Commission about social media scams. Buyers buying products from ads on the internet, Americans being cheated out of billions of dollars. ABC's Ariel Rachef. You have to remember, these are just the people who reported to us. We know that most people never report fraud. So this appears to be the tip of a very large iceberg, and it's concerning. I apologize. That's Emma Fletcher. She's a senior data researcher. So the number of people that see an ad or click on a link thinking that it's going to help them anything, lose weight, get something for free, whatever it be. Um, Here is some more tips on what you can do. Always read the reviews on social media, but don't stop there. You should also look for reviews on other sites, and you want to check how long that social media account has actually been active. You can do that by looking how far their posts date back, and many times these scam accounts are put up and taken down pretty quickly. Yeah, what I do is because the ads are very effective. Oh, yeah. It's like, ooh, I need this. Oh, this is perfect. And they're right, probably targeted right towards you, mm-hmm. right in your wheelhouse, yeah. oh, whatever. Yeah. If I see a product that I think I kind of like based on that, I will never click on that ad, but I'll go research it online. So I'll like Google search or something? Yeah, yeah, Google search it and see, all right, and just what she said. Is this a, a legit company or whatever? If you don't find a lot on Google about something, <laughs> that ain't too real. Right. 739, this news report brought to you by Steinhoffels. Visit them at steinhoffels.com. This contest Mercure show is doing Wisconsin's afternoon news. Yeah, Greg Matzik, John Mercure, the creepiest thing, the, the creepiest. like creepy shower bathroom <laughs> things. <laughs> yeah. Let me—I I, want to share this with you. Does your shower look like the setting of the first Saw movie? <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's that like super brutal. Like everybody gets slaughtered. Torture movie, movie right? yes, oh. like torture. Okay, so <laughs> so no, <laughs> they're looking for a dingy, moldy, gross, out of date, just plain creepy looking bathroom, particularly the shower. 
And you, they want you to sign up for the Sidex Creepiest Shower Contest. So they want to see a picture of your nightmare of a bathtub or shower. You upload it to the website, WTMJ.com. I got Rick rolled. I got .com rolled. You upload it to the website, WTMJ.com. You can do it .com, too. That's the way I do it. .com. .com. I'm .coming right now. All day. Be entered to win the $10,000 shower or tub upgrade and remodel from Sidex. You text the word Sidex. That's S-I-D-E-X. S-I-D-E-X. To the old National Bank Talk and Text line, which is 855-616-1620, to upload that picture and show us your creepy shower space. Submissions are open only until October 27th, so we'd love to have a lot of folks get entered and finally fix up that creepy shower space. Sidex, S-I-D-E-X, to 855-616-1620. Listen live on the web. Brewers 360 up next. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. The Green Bay Packers are just a few days away from their trip out to Vegas to take on the Raiders Monday night. Jair Alexander, Elton Jenkins, Eric Stokes all back to practice for the pack. On the Raiders side, receiver Devontae Adams did not practice. However, Jimmy Garoppolo did, despite still being in concussion protocol. Week 5 in the NFL kicked off on Thursday night as the Chicago Bears got their first win of the season. This after beating the Washington Commanders by a final score of 40-20. to 20. And staying with the Bears, legendary linebacker and Pro Football Hall of Famer Dick Buckus passed away on Thursday. He was 80 years old. Brewers 360 is sponsored by Holiday Automotive. Brewers President of Business Operations, Rick Schlesinger, live with us this morning. Morning, Rick. Good morning. Hey, so I know you're as disappointed as anyone with how the Brewers postseason came to such an abrupt halt. I mean... I bumped into you in the game Wednesday. We were up 2 nothing. It was all good then. <laughs> I was fully expecting we'd have that game three on Thursday at AmFam. Yeah, you know, when the season ends like this, it's, it feels abrupt. And the games, both games turned very abruptly. And, uh, yeah, it's disappointing. But, uh, you know, I, I think a lot of positives came out of the season. And I'm very excited about the team on the field next year. I, I would rather not be talking about next year so soon rather than talking about how we're going to beat the Dodgers, but it didn't happen, and Timebacks uh, just picked two games to play better than us. But, uh, yeah, a lot, a lot of good memories, but, uh, yeah, tough finish. Well, on the next year, I'll lead you into that because I feel like the story of the season was really the youth movement. Garrett Mitchell before the injury, Owen Miller, Joey Weimer, Sal Freelich. I mean, if we can offer a reason for optimism, Rick, from Nashville to Biloxi, we've got a lot more talent that's ready to break through even next season. Yeah, I mean, I think we've got, you know, one of the best farm systems in baseball by any objective measurement. I think certainly the young players, as you would expect, you know, they had moments of, of really good play and then moments where they struggled, and that's natural for, you know, a guy facing major league pitching. But the experience that, you know, Terang and Freelich and, Mitchell, to some extent, because he's hurt a lot. You know, they they earned this year is going to be really valuable next year, and and uh, I think we're going to see some you know some really great output from them. And then we've got some really amazing guys coming up. You know, we've got Jackson Churio, Jacob Mizorowski, Tyler Black. Uh, you know, we've got three of the the top pitchers in the minor leagues all winning awards, and and the youth movement's coming, and and these guys are going to be really good. Hey, Rick, I know you were at that hearing yesterday at State Fair Park for the uh, the funding of American Family Field. Uh, one of the questions that we get a lot is, 
where does that money get determined by? Like, meaning there's $614 million being discussed to cover stadium improvements here. How does the, uh, the club or the lawmakers involved come up with the number that they think is needed to do the funding for the stadium? Well, the, the, the money to determine the funding amount was based on an assessment done by two different firms and based on calculations of how the money is spent over the next 27 years, if we're going to be here through 2050, which is our goal. In terms of how the, the revenue is collected, to pay for that funding, it's a combination of uh, money from state income taxes from visiting your home players and it's sales tax revenue that the team and the ballpark generates. So the, the one sort of takeaway from the hearing that I think everybody understands is, you know, there's no new taxes being levied or imposed on anybody to pay for this. And the money is coming from revenues that would not exist if the brewers and the ballpark are not in place. Have they given you any timelines, some of the uh, the leadership involved in this, uh, as to what happens next? Well, I, I requested at the hearing yesterday that we vote on everything today. Um, and so they, they appreciated my <laughs> urgency and impatience. But, um, you know, I do think, the, you know, the assembly is going to be moving relatively quickly in evaluating this. There are discussions behind the scenes uh, about the local contribution, how much the city and county of Milwaukee are going to pay. And obviously, that's a very important and critical element of this, uh, and it has to make sense uh, for everybody. So if that gets resolved, then I think you could move relatively quickly, quickly in the Assembly. Then it goes to the Senate, and obviously it, that has to have a whole debate and discussion. But, uh, you know, from our perspective, we'd like to get it done this year because We'd like to have certainty over our landlord having all the money it needs to do what it needs to do. There's a lot of projects in the queue for 2024 that are waiting to be funded, and we'd like to get those funded. Last thing for you, Rick, because it was mentioned that there's some room to negotiate with the city portion, with the county portion. I'm not going to ask you to negotiate against yourself here publicly, but is there room, perhaps, for more money from ownership? Is there some point where that number can slide, or are you open to those conversations? Yeah, I think, you know, we've, we've definitely stepped up with a number of new commitments, you know, the $100 million in incremental commitments from the team, uh, you know, adding seven more years to the lease, uh, signing an ironclad non-relocation agreement, having more discount days for the state, more youth funding. So I think there's a lot of things we have contributed. But again, you know, we're, we're certainly looking to see how we can get a bipartisan solution and you know, if there's creative ideas out there, we're obviously willing to listen. There's There's been talk about real estate, and I think we're going to look to, to join a committee with uh, local officials over the next few years to figure out if there's an opportunity to work on real estate around the ballpark. Uh, so there, there's certainly a lot of commitments and, and opportunities there for all of us to work to try to get this done. What are you going to do with your free time when this thing gets wrapped up? Well, we've <laughs> got to start planning for 2024 we've got to prepare our budgets we've got uh, a lot of things obviously the baseball season as soon as the world series is over you know matt arnold and his team go into gear with uh you know uh, free agents are available you got to sign players um so it's gonna be a really sort of busy period of time as soon as the world series is over and then before you know it we'll be thinking about spring training i like the sound of that thanks rick great talking to you through the season my friend thank you sir brewers President of Business Operations, Rick Schlesinger, live with us on the Tri-County Contracting Hotline this morning. Thanks, Rick! Mark Tauscher up next. 
Idea Man. Bigger star, Madonna in the day or Taylor Swift in today's fractured landscape? Innovative. I love Belichick's quote. You can imagine Bill Belichick, who is the most like monotone dude of all time. You can't get anything from him. And Packers Hall of Famer. He basically said, you know, Kelsey has made a lot of great catches in his career. I don't. I think this will be his greatest catch of all. <laughs> it's time for Tausch on Wisconsin's Morning News. Presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin and Kohler Services. Mark Tauscher on Wisconsin's Morning News is sponsored by your Southeastern Wisconsin Chevy dealers. Kind of a weird week for the Packers, Tausch, wasn't it? I mean, you had sort of the mini-buy because we had the Thursday nighter. Now we're coming up on another Sunday where we don't have Packers because we got the Monday nighter. And then they go on a bye week. I'm, I'm not happy with this schedule as a fan. Don't like it at all. Nope. I think, um, no, I don't either. I'm with you. I like the consistency. I like a noon game. Uh, I like the Sunday football. But from a team standpoint, uh, I, it's the bye is way too early. And then you get that you get the you know the tough loss against Detroit. You want to get back out there, so to to have to wait and then fly out and go play Monday, and then you get another you know ten days off. Uh, it's not ideal, but you, know, you get the schedule. You kind of figure out how you're going to plan it. And I'm sure Green Bay looked at this and, instead of saying, "All right, we're going to break it up into quarters," which is typically what we would do when I played. You look at it and say, "Well, here's a break." So you're only going to have what one game in twenty some odd days. Then you're going to get to around Thanksgiving. You're going to have two days or three games in like 12 days. So uh, the math, you, you have to just deal with it, and, and it's unfortunate. But from a fan standpoint, I like a little more consistency. And once they get through the bye, we'll get that. But th- these are the things we have to sacrifice. You, know, you have to wait up till Monday. And it's all good if you can just get a win getting into that bye week. Hey, is that going to be a Packers home game Monday in Vegas? For sure. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, how I, we travel always, in that town. It, I think outside of you know going to London, where Packer fans were super excited, Wisconsin folks love going out to Las Vegas. Uh, you don't have to even give them any excuse. You could say, "Well, there's a sprinkler that's going to be around." Oh yeah, we need to get out and see that sprinkler. You know, <laughs> so the fact that the Packers are going out there in Las Vegas, uh, they have not really established themselves fan base wise. And I just looked at when Pittsburgh, who's another great fan base that travels, uh, it was probably sixty or seventy percent terrible towels. I'd be shocked if it's not like 80% Packer fans out in Las Vegas, and it'll be a home game. I'm guessing Las Vegas is probably looking at doing silent count things and making sure they can figure things out um, for Sunday or for Monday night's game. You know what's gonna be super cool is that shot of that new LED dome venue. Oh yeah, yeah. and it'll say Monday night football on it. Yeah, and that sphere will have like the the Packers logo and the Raiders logo. they, They put that pumpkin. There's like a big pumpkin. Real freaky looking pumpkin. Yeah, that was like because they're they're showing it. It's like five hundred grand a day to put this up, and you saw the basketball and the NBA was out there, which I thought was really cool. And then they put a real demented pumpkin out there. I I don't know what they'll do for Monday, but that was a goofy looking pumpkin. Giant sphere, cheese, giant cheese ball. Let's all chip in. Cheese head. They could put a big cheese head yeah. out there. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. Hey, uh, real quick, Badgers, good. Rutgers. Yeah, it, it, it's good. I, you know, they obviously their bye week was real early too, but refreshed. And I think um, the Big Ten West has proven to be wide open. Green Bay's in a great spot, or uh, Wisconsin is in a great spot. So Boat race. <laughs> Thanks, Tosh. We'll talk again yeah. next week. Have a great call. You bet. See ya. Seeing things that I may never see again.